never said that I would give you silver or gold or that you would never feel the fire or shiver in the cold but I did say you'd never walk through this world alone mm -hmm. and I did say don't make this world your home said that fear wouldn't find you in the night or that loneliness was something you never have to fight but I did say I'll be right there by your side and I did say I'll dry every tear you cry you know I made a promise that I intend to keep My grace will be sufficient in every time of need My love will be the anchor that you can hold on to This is the promise, this is the promise Friends would never turn their backs on you Or that the world around you Wouldn't see you as a fool But I did say like me You'll surely be despised And I did say My ways confound said you wouldn't taste the bitter kiss of death or have to walk through chilly Jordan to enter into rest but I did say I'd be waiting right on the other side oh yes and I did say I'll dry every tear you cry you know I made a promise that I'd prepared a place And someday sooner than you think you'll see me face to face And you'll sing with the angels and the countless multitude This is the promise, this is the promise I made to you Don't turn to the left or right And in the midst of darkness Let this be your light That hell can't separate us You're gonna make it through This is the promise This is the promise I made to you Oh, this is the promise this is the promise I've made to you. Hey, thank you. She always sings the most beautiful songs when I preach. And I appreciate that, Jenny. This is the promise I made to you. And he never breaks his promises. They are all for our own good. I'm glad to see you here this morning. We have so many sick people, so many out of town, but we continue the journey and we pray that the Lord will bring them back to us safely. And uh, let me ask you a question. Are you happy to be here today? 
All right. Amen. Let me say this. I heard someone say, I'd rather be here at church than being in the best hospital in the world. Think of that. We are happy to be here, not any, any other. Though some of us are today checking their children at the hospital. May the Lord heal her, the little one, and bring her back to us safely. Heal the Aju family, they're sick. I would love to see Alan and his family. The boy is getting better. This is quite a trauma they've been through, and we prayed, and God encourages us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, and his promises, he'll never break them. They come through. Let's open our Bibles this morning to the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 11, the chapter of faith, chapter of faith. I don't want to embarrass Morgan. I always am happy to see him here. He is a member of our church, and he comes and visits to see how we're doing, and we're doing fine. Thank God, Morgan. May God bless you and your wife. I want to read here some five verses from chapter 11. This, uh, I've been lately studying the life of Moses, and I want to share a few things with you this morning about him. By faith, it says, chapter 11, verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, he chose rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. God bless his word. Moses, a commanding figure in the ancient world, and he is still the best, if you will please, the best leader that the world has ever known. In character, in faith, and in leadership, there's none that can, close, can come close to dear Moses. He is the first one amongst the heroes of the Old Testament. And God's early dealings with him face to face made him a friend of God and made him the man that God was always pleased to communicate with him. He was a prophet, he was a priest, he was a judge, and he was a king in one person. Who can match this? And this, these gifts rarely found in any other. The books, historians, and all who wrote about him, they, do not, they couldn't reach the depth of this man who wrote five books, the major books, the very first five books in the Bible, and left us with treasures that we cannot even fathom. Bill McDonald said about him, and I like what he wrote, instead of occupying a line or two on his obscure tomb, he is memorialized in God's eternal book. Instead of being found in a museum as an Egyptian mummy, 
He is famous as a man of God. His name is mentioned, according to the historians, 700 times in the Bible. And some people decided one day we are going to eradicate his name from the Bible and we are going to tear every, every page he is mentioned in. After tearing all the pages, there was nothing left of the Bible. Or a few pages. He is, he was a great man of God. And I'm sure all believers would like to go and shake his hands when we enter the portals of heaven. And when I was studying, uh, four things drew my attention. Actually, we should one day run a study on Moses. It might take us two years to finish it. But how am I going to give you four points about him in 25 minutes? God, help me. So help me God, right? Okay. If, uh, looking at these verses that we heard this morning, I find four things that I need to cover a little bit in this short time so we can, we can be encouraged also and get, get few directions how to live, especially in our days. We're not going to say, oh, he was great. We want to see how we can apply what we hear about this great man. And we'd like to imitate a great man, right? Though we would like to imitate Jesus Christ. But he is also a figure that we should respect and love and honor and imitate. I'm going to talk about his refusal, his choice, his satisfaction, and his rewards in 25 minutes. So help us God, all of us. Number one, I can, as I read here in the Bible, his refusal. It says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. The word refused. Did you ever stop to look at this word? The renowned historian Josephus, those who study the Bible, they know this is a great historian, Christian historian, and he's, he, he knew exactly what he was uh, telling us about. He tells us that Pharaoh had no other children and that his daughter, her name was Thermutis, who found him, who found him in the river, if you remember, had no children of her own. So most probably, he says, Moses would have succeeded to the throne. Can you believe he would have been a pharaoh? That some offer was made to Moses at a certain time, when he grew up to be 40 years, that he would have succeeded to the throne of Pharaoh. But Moses, what's... The word we're looking at, refused. But Moses refused and considered it a privilege to be identified with the children of Abraham. And more honorable than that, he didn't want, uh, it was a, not honor to belong to the household of Pharaoh. It was undreamed of to be, to be their part of the household. But he considered it a higher honor to be counted amongst the children of God. This is the highest honor he considered that the world can offer. He studied all the rules. He was brought up in every, in every wonderful and knowledgeable thing that pharaohs studied and lived for. He had honor. He had respect. He had riches. He had reputation. The son of pharaoh's daughter. He was almost a pharaoh. Especially didn't have any children. Can you imagine how much they loved him? 
and cared for him. And when he was supposedly offered to reign and be another king or another pharaoh, he said, no, thank you. Because it is not God's will for me to take that throne. God's will for me is to be with the children of God. He made that decision. He refused it completely. And if think, think with me a little bit. Can you refuse something unless it's offered to you? I offer you an apple, you say, no, thank you. My granddaughter, I offer her a few things. No, thank you. I said, well, you're well trained. The thank you there. No, thank you. And they offered him the throne. No, thank you. It wasn't that he wanted to grab the throne. It wasn't that he had lust for that position. He didn't care for positions. He didn't care for riches. He didn't care for Egypt. He didn't care for Pharaoh. He didn't care for their honor. Considered the honor of God is the highest honor I can be having. Wealth, honor, power, and the throne. They're all gone. And what made him do that? It's the faith in God. The faith in God. He knew his story. He knew how his mom and dad raised him. He knew that by faith they threw him in the river. He knew, he knew that it was the faith of almighty God that brought him thus far. And he was not going to let God down and accept that position in the palace of Pharaoh. You know, wouldn't you agree with me that he had faith? He, he didn't have anything. He wasn't a leader yet. And he wasn't going to become a leader in many, many moons. He was only 40 years old. But he had faith. And thank God for the faith of his mother and father. And I would like to encourage fathers and mothers, whatever happens, if you have faith in God and you instill that faith in your children, when they grow up, they will not depart from it. Have faith. Smile. That as long as you stand for your God, for the Lord Jesus Christ, and you raise your kids in his knowledge, when they grow up, they will not depart from it. They'll be men and women of God. Amen? Today we hear people say, I believe. I believe. But it's from their lips. We need to believe from the heart, deep inside. They say, I believe. But they do nothing about it. May I submit to you that faith reveals itself in what? In action. Yes, God saves us without works and not by our own works. But the faith that saves produces works. Therefore, we can say, Moses refused the offer. No, thank you, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. He said, God who brought me thus far, who saved me from the crocodiles of the night, who took care of me, and here I am, a well-knowledgeable, learned, educated, uh, wise man. His wisdom was unbelievable there. The one who brought me thus far will carry me through. And let me say this to you folks. As we live in a world 
that has all the enticement for us. And this world is getting worse on a daily basis. I was talking to Daryl this morning, and yes, our world is sad. It's time for us to take a stand and refuse all the enticement of this world. Young men and young women, you're offered, you might be offered a certain promotion, but it's not according to God's will. A certain way of making more money, but it's a money that is illicit money. A, a job at school, anywhere you're offered things that not, are not according to God's will, I pray that you will say, no, thank you. Drugs for our school children, our teenagers, drugs, no, thank you. Drinks with the boys and girls, no, thank you. This world is after you, no, thank you. Yes. Say no to the world. And no, I know you might suffer a few things. He, he took that. He said, I will suffer with the children of God more than being king outside the will of God. He honored the will of God for his life, and since then, he threw himself on his God. He refused. May the Lord help us. When Satan, when this world offer us something that is questionable, we say, no, thank you. I am God's person. I am God's woman. I am God's man. I will not stoop down to that level. Amen? Second thing, his choice. It says he chose. Look, look at the word here. He says he chose in verse 25, choosing rather to endure. To endure. He chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You know, life is all about choices, right? You know, you're here listening to the word of God by choice. No one went outside and chained you and brought you here and said, if you don't attend this meeting, we're going to cut your throat. No, it doesn't work this way. And when we came to the Lord Jesus Christ and to take him as Savior, it was by choice. It wasn't that convincing you, you take him or else. No, it was the Holy Spirit working in your heart. And by choice, you said, Lord Jesus, here I am, take me and change my life completely. It was not that suffering was forced on our Moses, no, but that he voluntarily elected it. You are here by your own choice. And Moses, by his own choice. It wasn't that because I had no escape from what I'm doing, no, not at all. But he deliberately determined to throw himself with a despised people with rejected people, reproach he bore because he believed and he acted accordingly. And as we travel in this world, we are going to offer with many choices. And let me ask you one thing. Who would you choose? You have many choices to make. You have choices in choosing your friends, choosing where to go, what to wear, what to eat, where to sleep, what house to buy, what car to buy. You have many choices. And may the Lord help each and every one that our choices will be to choose God first.
and his ways more than anything under the sun. He chose to be with what? To be with those who are persecuted, with those who are despised, with those who are rejected. He preferred hardship to comfort. Affliction rather than pleasures. And in this world, we were promised that God will take care of us. But what did he say, Jesus, when he was on earth? In the world, you shall have what's tribulations? All kinds of problems, persecutions. Are we going to be persecuted? You bet. Are we being persecuted? You bet. Are people laughing at us? You bet. Are people now trying to choke Christianity in our, in the United States of America that is supposedly to be a Christian country? You bet. You bet. But we have choices. Here we stand. We are not going to compromise. He never compromised his stand. He made a choice and this is it. I am going to take my choice and I am going to take my decision until the end of my life. You have to make a choice. And I hope this afternoon you will choose Jesus as your Savior. You will, take, you will take Jesus who came and died on the cross of Calvary and said it is finished. The work for your salvation has been done. You don't have to do anything as we, have, we heard this morning. You will take him before you leave these doors. I am going to take a choice, to make my choice, and take Jesus as my Savior, and no compromise whatsoever in my life. Come what may. Come what may. People are attacking us on the internet. People are, people, the, the Lord said that. In the world you shall have tribulations. They write things about you. You know what? Rejoice. Because Jesus said that, and he promised that, and he'll never relent on his promise. He chose the wilderness rather than the palace. And let me tell you one thing. Since he left Egypt, and for the next 80 years, he did not sleep on a bed. Did you think of that? It was mostly in the back of the mountain, in the tents of Midian and the 40 years in the desert of Sinai, trying to achieve what God wanted him to achieve. He never had the bed that he used to sleep when he was in the palace of Herod. And he never looked back and he never complained. He never murmured. He knew he was in the will of God. And let me ask you this question clearly. Are you in the will of God today? And what is the will of God for you? The will of God is that no one should perish. What a God we have. What a graceful God we have. I was talking to Jim uh, Welsh this morning. He said, what a wonderful, graceful, merciful God with us, for us. He is for us. Whatever situation we are in, his will for us is for our own good. And what is your own good today? What do you def define what's my own good? Is to know him if you're not safe. To know him as a savior and to live for him thereafter. Is that too much? He knew he was in the will of God. And if you are in the will of God, I have news for you. You're safe. You are safe. And no one can touch you. And that, what did we hear Thursday morning? And then he who touches you, touches the, will, the apple of my eye. No one can touch you because you have God who is standing there as a shield for you. And he will always fight for you, regardless. When you think you have been attacked from all sides, Christ is standing there as a shield without you knowing, and he will save you, and he will elevate you, and lift you up. Lot, who knows the story of Lot in the Bible? Lot chose for himself, right? He chose for himself. And he says, hey, I am going to depart. 
I don't want this life anymore. Sodom looks beautiful. The world looks beautiful. It's enticing. How about this, uh, Mrs. Lot? Oh, yeah, we'd like to go. We have two daughters. They'd like to know the world. Dancing are down there, and drugs are down there, and fun are down there, and pleasures are down there. Why don't we take off? They created a reason, and they told, he told his uncle Abraham, we need to leave. We are going to separate from you. He got his desires and ended up in Sodom. What happened there? Quickly, he lost everything. He lost everything. And was dragged out of Sodom and lost his wife on the way. Her heart was in Sodom. And you know what happened to her? She turned to be a pillar of salt until today. And he ended up, instead of living with Abraham on top of the mountain, everything, he ended up living in a cave. Have nothing. Zero. This is when we choose for ourselves. Young men and young women, just do not trust your choices. Trust the Lord to make your choices. What happened to Abraham? He inherited everything. God took him, put his arms around him. Oh, what a, what a feeling. Say, Abraham, look north, look south, look east, look west. As, as far as you can see, draw borders. As far as you can see, this is yours. That's the Christian life. You have no boundaries. You will live in total safety, even if your house is small or large. Or you, you can't see uh, as far as God wanted you to see. We're limited. But our limitations, at the end, you see God. West, you see him. He is there around you, and no one can touch you. Uh, can, can touch you, and more than that, you will be happy in the lot that he gave you. His choice was wonderful. And may the Lord take charge of our choices. I want this girl. Well, it's better, Lord, if this girl is mine, you choose her for me. I want this man. man. And may the Lord, if it's his will, he will choose him for you. Otherwise, you don't want to end up living in a cave. Remember that. The will of God should prevail. And my prayer is for each one of you to say this. I choose for God to choose for me. I choose for God to choose for me. Moses made a remarkable choice. Don't you think so? A remarkable choice. And notice... This was not the choice of a child. He was 40 years old. 40 years old. He was a grown man. Not, not a fool, no. But a choice of one skilled in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. We said he refused and he chose. So far, he's doing well, right? He has done well. Now let's see. His satisfaction. Moses, it says, esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. And you know, he got satisfied with that. He took shame and reproach rather than fame and honor. We know that. Now the place Moses volunteered to occupy was a hard one. Very hard one. In every respect, it was the opposite what he was raised for, completely. He was raised to be a king. Now he took his place with the paupers and with the rejected people. Yet, we hear him, he never murmured. Most probably, he started singing some songs. He said, as long as I am in the will of God, no one can touch me. You know, there is no peace, no peace that surpasses the peace of being 
in the will of God. I have a news for you today. If you don't have peace, you better check yourself. Check your heart. Why I don't have the peace? Why there is something bothering me? You know, Christians, we go through this sometimes. Because what? If, if you're not in the will of God, you will never have the peace of God. And if you have the peace of God, that means you are in the will of God. He is in the will of God. He was trained for something else. But God now is training him for something bigger and more profitable. He was satisfied with his lot. Do you, when you read about Moses, I don't think you will find him murmuring about his lot. He got sometimes, he got sometimes very tired from the people of God and he went and complained to God. He said, why did you put me as a leader to these people? I can't take it anymore. And you know, he had a communication with God. That shows that he was a human. And God, his friend, he says, Moses, you'll be able to make it, no problem. I wouldn't have given you that big responsibility if I knew that you cannot execute it. Okay, God. You said so? Okay. He goes back and starts working. He had this communication with the Lord. He was, they, they talked to each other. We're coming to something here I want to show you. And this is, this is what Moses did. He, he valued the reproach. Didn't, didn't bother him. People are sarcastic about me. I didn't bother him. He said, is he a stupid man? He could be the king. The king, he could be Pharaoh to come now and live in the desert and being, have nothing. He doesn't know where he's going. We don't know what the future is. Well, let me tell you one thing. Christians who've accepted the Lord Jesus as Savior, you don't have to worry what's happening in the world because you, your future has been secured in Jesus Christ. We know where we're going. We shall reach the promised land. Not this promised land here. Moses did not reach it. That's okay. He esteemed his life with the godly as a prize that gives him great satisfaction. He was satisfied with his lot. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you satisfied with your lot? Check yourself. Am I satisfied with the way God wants me to be? You're married, are you satisfied? You're single, are you satisfied? You have this job, are you satisfied? And if God gives you the promotion, great. If he opens the door for another thing and it's his will, greater. But are you satisfied? You know what the Bible says. In Hebrews, again, be ye satisfied with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But Adol, we're supposed to be aggressive. Of course you're supposed to be aggressive. You're supposed to work hard. You're supposed to toil. Because this is what the Bible said. You're supposed to do all the best and let God do the rest. Moses heard, Moses believed, and the key word, Moses obeyed God. Don't you think he's heard from God between them together, says Moses, I'm preparing you for something so big. Don't you think so? But here I am. I am only a shepherd on the back of the mountains. No one knows about me. I used to have communications in Egypt. I used to have all the best things that a man, a young man my age, could have it. He says, well, we are going to see that communication with God is better than communication with any other person under the sun. And let me tell you one thing. Your communications will be so bad here unless you have communication with God first. So are you in touch with God? Are you, can you consider yourself a child of God? He considered himself every night, every day. He used to talk to God about the things that he experienced. And he established a certain relationship with God that is 
unbelievable. He was the one to talk face to face with him. Are you satisfied with your lot? Are you contented with what you have? He never regretted. He never looked back. He never said, I quit. He fought the responsibility at the very beginning. It's a big, huge, I can't. No, he took it. And the privilege of serving God, he considered it more than the wealth of the greatest and richest country on earth. In this Moses, what he did, I think he puts us to shame at times. He considered being Christ's ambassador a highest, the highest position that you can attain. Challenge, right? We heard about two weeks ago, we should be ambassadors for Christ. And this is the greatest, the highest place we can attain. He, can, he went through his life singing with the hymn writer, this is not my world, I'm just passing through. And if we approach this world with this attitude, this is not my world, I'm just passing through, then we will reach the destination. His rewards, fourth his reward. In verse 26 we read, he was looking for the reward. Not to an inheritance in Canaan, he never got to Canaan. Moses was convinced in his heart not to look for this, nor did he ever attain it, but what he looked for, like Abraham, for the city that was built by God. In verse 10, you read it. For he looked, in verse 10, here I read it to you. For he was looking for the city which, was, which has foundation, whose architect and builder is God. And is there any better inheritance than the house that God builds? A city, a city built by God, drawn by God. And this is what we are looking for. Not an inheritance here. There is no Canaan here. No. Here, you know what we have. But when we get there, this is the city we're looking for. And he was told by his good friend, by God, Let's open Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12. I, I, want you, I want you to see what kind of relationship. You remember when his sister and his brother, both of them, started talking behind his back about him. Who, who heard? Who heard? Lord. Who was his best friend? The Lord. He heard. And here, here's what the Lord said about Moses. Verses 7 and 8 of chapter 12 number. We might have it up there. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. With him I speak mouth to mouth. Are you reading with me? Even openly and not in dark sayings. In other words... We are so open with each other that he can talk to me everything and I can tell him my... This is God talking. What a privilege. And more than that, he beholds the form of the Lord. That, that, that paralyzes me. He looks like the Lord. That was Moses. I mean, which is better? Like this or to be Pharaoh. This is the reward. And one day, one day, he reached the age of 120 years. One day came and said, Moses, you've worked, you've accomplished, you are here on the eastern border of the promised land. I mean, west is Jordan. And he took him to a high mountain. They call it Mount Nebo. And, and the south of Mount Nebo is all Saudi Arabia and all others. And he 
looked one mountain. They said, look, look over, look, look. Do you see the Mediterranean Sea? This is all what I'm giving to my people. You are going to look at it, but you're not going to see it. I mean, the journey is almost over, Moses. Moses said, I feel great. I see it. What's your plan for me? He said, come over here. He came. Put your, put your head on my shoulder. And he took his hands and closed his eyes. And Moses died. How would you like to die this death? I was thinking about it. I said, I'd like to die this death. We don't like death. But I love to die this way. He took him. He loved him. He said, well done, my good and faithful sin. Well done. You never complained. You went through a lot. You forsook everything. But now, I'm taking care of you. He took him to the plane down there. And God buried his friend Moses. How would you like to die like this? He buried him. And he, Moses had, the only, the only God to be his undertaker. He took his shovel, dug the hole, put him in it, and covered it. He said, no one would know. But before you close your eyes, he says, Moses, see you in a couple of minutes. Brings tears to my eyes. This is how, when you reach the end of this world, when you reach the end of your life, he will take you in his arms, the everlasting arms, and I see you. See you in a couple of minutes. He even said this to the thief. Today, we'll meet up there. And if you are his child, if you take him as savior, if you live for him, if you forsake this whole world and its enticement, there will come a day when at your bed, deathbed, he'll take you in his arms. And he'll say, we'll meet in a couple of minutes. In a, as a matter of fact, in a twinkling of an eye. The moment you close your eyes, he closed his eyes. Deuteronomy 34. We'll, we'll end with this. Deuteronomy 34. Verses 1. 34.1. Now Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead, as far as Dan. Then the Lord, verse 4, said to him, This is the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he... Who's he? Capital H. And God buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Bethaor. But no man knows his burial place to this day. And here it is for you and for me. Here it is. Although Moses was 120 years old when he died, his eye was not dim nor his vigor abated. You want to, you want to serve the Lord? You want to please God? Remember, his refusal, his choice, his satisfaction, and his reward. Let us go serve the Lord regardless. Let's take the reproach regardless. Let's live for him regardless. Let's have faith in him regardless. Let's do his will regardless. When the time comes, he will close your eyes, and you will see him as he is after that. May God help us. And if there's someone I'm talking to today, feels 
man, woman, teenager, or young children, if, I'm, if you know that you don't know Jesus Christ as Moses knew his God, you can, in your seat, say, Lord, I want you to come into my life. I want to live for you. I want to take you as my God, as my Savior. Change me. And I'm not going to leave this place fearing the enemy outside because if I have you, I shall not fear and nothing can touch me in this world. Let's bow our heads for prayers. And you can pray this prayer. Please pray this prayer before we go home in your heart. And then if you pray this prayer, I'm here. I'll sit at the front seat. You want to come and talk to me. You are more than welcome. We'll talk. And then I will assure you that you will live here as a new person, as a new creation in Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your word. It's encouraging. It's convicting. And it is good for us. So if someone is praying at this moment, more than one, may you go into their hearts and change their lives completely to the better. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The meeting is over. As I said, I'll be here in the front seats. May God bless you and be with you. Have the rest of the day. Enjoy it. And may God bless you again. Come and talk to me. Come and talk to me if you prayed this prayer at this moment.